If Revenge on Toxic Masculinity was a novel, then this month's pick is the manual on how to make it taste oh so sweet. South Korean writer Hee Young Pyun's novel, The Hole, locks the reader inside the mind of Ogi, a man who wakes up from a coma to find out his wife is dead. Following a car crash, he's paralyzed, unable to speak, and the only remaining relative to be his caretaker is his grieving mother-in-law. Hell hath no fury like a woman scorned who finds herself in an aisle at Home Depot. Stick around as we review the whole. Hey, hey, welcome back. It's another podcast. Yes, welcome back to Forks and Fangs. Um, we're still your hosts. My name's Denny. And I'm Veronica. Hey, hey, how y'all doing today? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> and today we are discussing our September's pick, The Hole. September is my birthday month. So this was one of two of your birthday picks. Yes. And, so uh, this is book number one. This is the ultimate, like, this is the the month, our monthly pick. Yes. And then your second book, if you haven't had a chance to read it, I highly recommend it. It is Monsoon Mansion by Sunil Barnes. But today we are talking about The Hole. The Hole by He Young Pyun. See, I said it. You said it. I'm going to let you say it because I don't want to mess anything up. So she is from Seoul, uh, Seoul, South Korea. Her book was written in, um, you know, was written in Korean. But it was translated by Sora Kim Russell for the um, international audiences. And she, I think she did an amazing job at translating a novel oh, yeah. that has so much depth to it. And translating is not easy because I speak two languages. Mm. Sometimes you like, you know, you want to say it in a certain way, but it doesn't really come across the right way because sometimes there's not, you know, straight translation for a word. Mm-hmm. So I can think, like, in my head right now, I can think of, like, you know, two or three. And I'm just like, I don't know how to translate it in English. So props to props to Miss Sora Kim Russell. Um, so I picked the whole because I am a fan of mystery novels, semi-sci-fi, um, the weird stuff. <laughs> but I am the most scariest cat person in the world. <laughs> I'm afraid of everything <laughs> and anything <laughs> that is not um, in the norm of the <laughs> of the world. <laughs> but anyway, um, this is Forks and Fangs, and we always to ha- have to have something paired up with our book. So this is Korean. Um, we had some Korean wings. It's called KSC Korean Fried Chicken, and we. Meaning you, yes, me, and my <laughs> and my people, <laughs> and I, because I don't eat the wings. I didn't get anything. They they have what's the name of the restaurant is chicken chicken, it's and in. it's really good. If you're if you find yourself in Orlando, Florida, just go down on Mills Ave, and um, stop by because you had the chicken, and next door is the matcha house, and they're owned by the same group of people same peeps and so i had the green thai tea with cheese mousse and boba and it was delicious i i absolutely love it. i think the first time that i had it we we both went to both restaurants yeah. and i think i slurped down that drink so quickly 
that I wish I had ordered two. It was <laughs> that good, and I couldn't stop thinking about it for like a week. It it was delicious. So yeah, that's that that's your that's your drink right there. Yes. Um, fun fact: I'm not a fan of matcha. Ooh. I'm I'm one of the few. Don't hate. I've been to Japan. It's not my cup of tea, literally. <laughs> literally. <laughs> so I'll drink all the 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 black tea. Um, the matcha, I cannot do it. I can't do green tea. Sorry. Well, that's Sorry, okay. Well. More for me. Yes. <laughs> exactly. So going back to the hole. The hole. The hole. The hole. <laughs> Whoa. So we start this story um, with a couple. Um, his name is Oki, and he is um, in a hospital. Yeah. And... He can open his eyes, he can hear people, but the only thing he can do is blink. Blink, blink, blink. Mm -hmm. He can only blink because he has been paralyzed from a horrible car accident that we later find out uh, involved he and his wife. And unfortunately, his wife dies. Mm -hmm. And so uh, the novel, you really start to get an understanding of what it is to be trapped inside of a body, unable to communicate with with those around you they're frustrating and being too you know held against your will um once the mother-in-law comes in but mm-hmm. we'll talk about that later yeah um so you know he, he what the writer has done is basically set this the scene for us of him being in this hospital and going throughout the day of like trying to understand what happened because he's coming mm-hmm. to he's been in a coma he doesn't remember exactly like what how happened. he got to that point, and it slowly reveals itself throughout um, his stay in the hospital. And um, after getting to a place where they realize, like, okay, he can communicate with just his eyes, blink, blink, blink. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, he is then awakened by a smell. And it's very similar to that of his wife, which he's confused because he knows that his wife has died. And it ends up being his mother-in-law. His mother-in-law appears and she is there night and day at his bedside. Yeah, basically like his mother-in-law is now his guardian. Mm -hmm. So she um, is now in charge of his life. And... um, just fast forwarding the story, he comes home to his house, but his mother-in-law is always there visiting to the point that she actually is starting to live there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as the days go by, he all of a sudden was like feeling some sort of way about his mother-in-law that maybe there's something sinister that she's trying to plan against him, mm-hmm. but he doesn't quite understand what is happening or what is she doing because he cannot move from his bed. Right. He has a caretaker that he depends on. He has a physical therapist that he depends on. Nobody's visiting him except like his mother-in-law's church friends that, you know, he is describing as some sort of like borderline crazy. Almost kind of like cult-like in a way. Yeah. And, you know, so he is really trapped in this world and he he can't do anything mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um so some things unfold which we're gonna talk about later yeah but his grand plan was like just to basically try to get out of this house because he was just 
starting to move a little bit of his body parts. Right. And I think he ended up having like feeling in his left, Mm -hmm. his left arm. um, And that was, that was about it from when he left the hospital. Yep. Um, So, but when he goes home, you know, at first it seems like his mother-in-law is kind of like caring, just the way attentive like she was when she was in the hospital. But slowly you realize like something's up with her and uh, she starts doing some weird stuff. So we are going to, we're going to just go back and just talk about what it was like for that character to wake up in a coma, like what what she what the writer has done to reveal yeah. that, that and then feeling, we'll talk about the ending which was like whoa at the end <laughs> so um first of all like knowing that when you wake up and you cannot move as somebody that works in the hospital mm-hmm. i see people like that but to read it is i think different because sometimes you get jaded seeing people always like that Really? So, you know, you kind of just like, because you have to, you're, you're, you're the caregiver part. Mm-hmm. So you kind of have to tend to them. And so you just get, get into this routine of just like, okay, this is what you need, this, this, and this. But sometimes you fail to understand, even as a caregiver, that maybe that's not what they need at that moment. Mm-hmm. That's what you, the routine that you've created for yourself to make things a little bit, you know, not really easier, but to flow things along. Because mm-hmm. you got to do some stuff. That's not the only patient that you're seeing there. So, and I was just like, man, it's still different on the other side. It's always different on the other mm-hmm, side. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you cannot move, cannot communicate, cannot talk, and you can just blink your eyes. That really is, I felt like very claustrophobic reading the book. Yeah. And yeah. what um, um, Pion has also done was this particular character is the only character in the book that has a name. So everyone mm-hmm. is basically identified by their relationship to him. Yep. So you mother know his wife, his mother-in-law, his father-in-law, his his physical therapist, his caretaker, and then the his his coworkers, friends, coworkers. And you know that's how you come to know all of these people, but you don't know their names. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just was able to uh, locate the meaning of his name. Mm-hmm. And it means never to, like, doesn't give up. Mm-hmm. And um, so his character, you realize, like, early on that this is someone who, whose parents probably felt like he wouldn't amount too much. And mm-hmm. he picked a peculiar, like, job, job as a... Or like, interest as... As a cartographer, I think that's what you call it. People who have interest in maps... And as a profession. And he, I think he's like, what, PhD level in it? Going to PhD level for cartography. Yes. For maps. So, um. (laughs) Peculiar. (laughs) I think it was, uh, really clever for her to write it that way because, you know, it dealt a lot of the claustrophobic side of things and also the selfishness of that character because we soon find out that the character has been having an affair mm-hmm. uh, but the way that we find out is just it's just laid out so beautifully that you you would never think that he would be having one and you know unless you closely pay attention to it so he's stuck in this body and his mother-in-law is just visiting him and basically staying there now all the time in the beginning she assigns a caregiver um but the caregiver 
would just you know be doing the usual caregiver stuff and but in an unusual way because like there were they talked about how she would like lean on him with her breasts like just really close together oh i don't think she was even wearing a bra oh yeah but he liked that part because he hadn't had touched and been touched in such a long time Mm -hmm. and even though he couldn't really feel it he could feel the pressure of her and i think he had gotten to a place where he was kind of dependent upon her being inappropriate in that way only in that way because later on she ends up doing some other things yeah because her son kept visiting their home and you know did the alcohol stuff Mm -hmm. and like was drinking there and the mother-in-law came and she was like, uh-uh, I'm, I'm not about this. Y- y'all can go, mm-hmm. like, out. Y'all mm-hmm. are fired. I'm going to be taking care of you now, mm-hmm. okay? And when that happened, I was just like, no. Because, like, why are you here? <laughs> I don't want you to be here, lady. And she fired the physical therapist, too. Because yes. um, he, he wrote, like, mother-in-law or something like that in a paper. Or, like, he mouthed mother-in-law to the physical therapist and then, oh, like, mother-in-law's, like, us having a hard time or something like that mm-hmm. to that effect. Like, he was saying that he needed some help because his mother-in-law is kind of, like... Crazy. Um, crazy and, like, <laughs> you know, not really abusing, but just kind of, like, passive-aggressive on him. Mm-hmm. So, mother-in-law help. I think that's what he said. And then, so the physical therapy fair therapist thought that, oh, he meant that his mother-in-law needs help because his mother-in-law is now obsessed with his garden outside Mm. digging up holes Holes, just random holes all through this garden yep and um which uh the 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 physical therapist is like a type of person who just talks 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 Mm -hmm. and isn't really paying attention to what that main character is as asking is wanting is needing Mm -hmm. And I think that's that spoke to the relationship to he and his wife. So his wife, um, his wife, we find out that she is she's very smart. I think that's probably what probably pulls him closest to her yeah. to decide like this is the person he wants to be with. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's you know he's attracted to her intelligence, and she has this desire to be like this uh, like well-known uh journalist she wants to write she ends up getting a book deal but unable to finish the project of writing the book mm-hmm. um she ends up trying to have children but she has miscarriage so she can't have any children and so she decides that she's going to devote all her energy into creating a garden in their home yes and she does somewhat of a good job in the very beginning and it kind of turns into like hosting barbecue parties with his with his friends there Mm -hmm. and then one night she abruptly like ends things yeah and so we soon find out that the reason why she ends things is that she finds out that her husband has been cheating on her having an affair with one of his co-workers right and so she was like well the barbecue's the barbecue parties are done. But he doesn't know. He doesn't that know she shit. Knows. <laughs> he doesn't know shit. He's so oblivious in his own world. Mm-hmm. He's like 
in a bubble. He's like, I don't know. We used to have barbecues, and then she stopped and wanted to create a garden. And, like, you know, in the beginning, like, as a reader, you would feel like, oh, you know, um, why is she doing this? Like, why is she being this rude? Mm -hmm. But all of it has a reason. Right. Yeah, so he was just involved in, like, thinking, like, oh, you know, my my wife is going crazy. Mm -hmm. And as a reader in the beginning, that's what, you know, it's making you feel like, oh, she she is, she has a loose screw. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's where, and maybe that, like, like mother, like daughter. Because, mm. like, you know, in the beginning, it's always just kind of, like, it's always have been an Oki's perspective. So the perspective you were given was a selfish perspective. So you never knew that oh, his wife did this because she found out that Ogi is having an affair with his co-worker. Mm -hmm. And um, she wanted to destroy whatever it is that's making them happy, making him happy. Mm -hmm. So she took out all the nice stuff in the backyard and planted a garden because that's the fuck what she wants to do. Yep. But the stuff that she was planning random stuff. it was random stuff and it was stuff that like the flowers and bushes all of those things were dying mm -hmm. and so you know when she decided to take on this task of creating this garden her husband basically said okay you can plant whatever you want but i don't want you planting any vines because they're creepy he doesn't like them they yeah. kind of freak them out it's this thing that's like you know crawling up the wall which i get mm -hmm. that is kind of like freaky of a plant doing it, stuff like, like a some, snake yeah like a snake or you know because i guess it just takes over yeah i think that's what he also said like you know it's just creepy that this plant just knows where to go and just like creeps through the wall and just takes over whatever mm -hmm. you have um, and, um later on he he you know with her doing this garden and things not coming about like she wants to and she kind of it seems as if she gives up on the garden but in actuality, she has taken the back of the house that her husband never visits. Mm -hmm. And there are vines growing up all yep. over the back she of the house. She was like, you're not getting, you're <laughs> never going to see this. So I'm just going to put this up here in the back. <laughs> <laughs> and it's kind of like it came full circle because when Ogi was in his room and there's just only one small window in the back of the house. I guess the bedroom is in like in the back of the house. Um he would see like there were this like plants that would just be like you know flapping with the wind and then after a while he was like oh those are actual vines mm -hmm. they're in the back of the house and just in a little bit of time those vines would creep up and i guess cover the last bit of like i guess you know reality or like outside world that he sees yeah and so he's back to being in his own head own world again because mm -hmm. he wouldn't because of those vines yeah. that his wife put in addition to him finding about finding out about her going ahead and planting those vines he also finds out that she is she is a very meticulous note taker yes she records everything she records conversations she takes notes about voice messages events anything any fight that may have happened even down to the apologies that her husband mm -hmm. has made and the promises that he has made about what he would not do anymore yes. so that when he does go back on his word she'll pull him out and it's these post-it notes everywhere and shows room. him like this is when you said you would do this and now you're lying 
Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, she painted, like, the author painted of, like, this a crazy lady. Mm-hmm. But. She had a plan. Uh, yeah, she did. And I think when we talked about this, we, we said that sh- her plan is to basically destroy him. Mm-hmm. Like, destroy his career. The own, like, the one thing that he cared about the most. Because I think to her, she cared about him the most. Mm. And he took that, all of that for granted. And to him, you know, he, she was always like a second priority. He was always first. Mm-hmm. And his career came second. Now she's probably this third or fourth. Did she have line. to give up? Is this part of the reason why she stopped writing the book was because he had gone back to college to pursue... I think at some point, and I think also, you know, she wanted to be a writer of the world. Like, Mm -hmm. she wanted to be a journalist, known everywhere. But she couldn't do that, because she's now married, and they had to settle down somewhere. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, she can't... And then, soon after, she realizes that she can't have, you know, an offspring. And then, that puts her into this, like, you know, depressive state of, like, she would start something, but not really finishing it, and then, like, moving forward to something else. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think the plants dying in her garden is kind of like a symbol of, like, stuff that she would want to do, but then slowly dying off. Mm -hmm. And also could be the symbolism of her and her husband's relationship. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think, you know, like, the garden dying, not being taken care of like it should be, or in regards to him not taking care of her. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and the garden dying is essentially like herself of who she, you know, her self-worth of who she is mm-hmm. as a person has started to decay because she realizes like my husband is longing for something that I can't give him. Yes. And it's coming from someone, someone else. Exactly. Or not, maybe not necessarily something that she can't give him, but something that he doesn't, doesn't want. And it's, it's also a weird way of looking at like what actually is necessary in order for a marriage to function Mm -hmm. um you know for two people who are separate beings coming together and you know being told now you all are one and you're having to work as one it's a lot because it's requiring of sacrifices that need to be made yeah compromise patience Mm -hmm. and ultimately like love Cause you can't do any of this without without it. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause yeah, you're free to do whatever you want, but because you are in this relationship with this person, you know, technically for the rest of your life, then it's just common decency to respect the person, and then everything would just kind of come after that if right. you respect the person. But I think that's what he was missing I, towards it, her. Yeah, this book. Even though this book was told in third person, it felt like it was coming from a first person perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just all, it was just so much about him and how he related to everybody else. Not the other way around. Right. And like, you know, how his relationship was with his mother-in-law, which it felt like it was full of tension between the mother-in-law and his father-in-law of like how he should be because when they meet very early on he has not had 
established a career for himself and it's all mm-hmm. you know it's basically question yeah and they're at dinner and soon we find out that this this uh the future father-in-law who's being very judgmental has no space to be judge- judgmental because he himself has taken upon uh a mistress in his life yeah and got caught and so, you know, his his wife calls him out at dinner and is kind of like, honey, why are you doing this, principal? Yeah. <laughs> because we find out that, you know, like, he he was a person of importance that got demoted because of him having this An affair. affair. Um, and I put him in his place. Yeah, yeah. So the mother-in-law, even though we don't hear her really speak a lot in the very beginning, really sets the tone of, like, you know... I'm not everything you think that I am yeah. or perceive to be for a future mother-in-law, a current mother-in-law. Like, I'm not dumb. I like, know something is up. Yeah. And yeah. it sucks because, you know, this is a story also about trauma of what it is to lose those people that you love and care for so dearly. And mm-hmm. for her, it was losing her daughter yeah. and then being left with someone you really don't care for. And to find out in the process that this motherfucker also cheated, you know, your daughter. Yeah. The same the same thing that your husband did to you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like, if she could stand up for herself with her husband, who are you, Ogi? <laughs> like, you are paralyzed. You can't do shit. Now your life depends on me and I know all this crap. Mm-hmm. You're basically, like, canceled. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So I don't blame her for feeling, you know, that way. Because, like, your own, your precious daughter dead in the arms of this man because they wanted to go for a trip. Mm-hmm. And mind you, they're going on a trip to one of the hotels that Ogie used to bring his mistress to. And for some reason, the wife knows that, you know, th- th- this is the hotel where he brings, like, the mistress also. So she's done a lot of research she she is well aware of like the situation that she's on mm-hmm. but Ogi had no idea like how can a man be so dumb well <laughs> I think your answer's in the question <laughs> no <laughs> I think sometimes people who are well I know sometimes people who are selfish can overlook the the most important things especially when it comes to their own well-being and mm-hmm. if he was paying attention he would have been smarter about the way that he chose to navigate and maybe maybe i think sometimes people want to blow themselves up you know when they have a secret that they're holding in because they don't want to carry it anymore and they're tired and there's a scene later on that is revealed that his wife is, and them, they're at the barbecue. Mm. And her husband goes to goes into the kitchen, and you find that the woman that he's having the affair is, and he are having a conversation, and they're standing a little bit too close, mm. closer than to be expected. And it is in that moment that she knows, my husband is fucking around on me. Mm-hmm. and um, Which is true. Yeah. And, you know... For someone who is cheating, the worst place to, like, 
actually act upon that is in your own home when your wife is in the next room over like it doesn't make any fucking sense but but he did it he does because that's lust that's how that works it it messes your mind up so um he essentially has set himself up for the worst possible experience because this book has been likened to misery Mm mm-hmm and as I'm sitting here and thinking about it, it also reminds me, there's this Tyler Perry movie. <laughs> His movies are horrible, but there's one <laughs> There's one movie. I can't think of the name of it, but um, it's starring Elise Neal. And she was married to this rich man. And in the very beginning of the movie, he kind of like throws her out of the house. And he basically was like, I've been cheating on you with this white lady. And you can't be here anymore. You're out. Deuces. And um, so she's having to deal with the divorce and going back home. Mm-hmm. And Medea is, like, taking care of her through this process. And um, what ends up happening is the man, her husband gets, sh- I think he gets shot some kind of way. Mm-hmm. He's a lawyer. That's what it is. He's a horrible lawyer. Um defending people who are straight criminals and somehow he gets shot and so she's upset she's like oh i gotta go back and take care of him Mm -hmm. despite her having like a potential interest that's much better than than that Mm -hmm. and when she goes initially she's like i need to take care of you because you know i'm still your wife and this is what we do but then she has this awakening moment when she's like going through his things and realizing like this man has been lying to me about everything. Not only just the affair, but like all the stuff he's kept from me. They want And she turns one. on him. <laughs> and you, oh baby, she, she, he's like, <laughs> he's paralyzed. <laughs> and he's in this wheelchair and she takes him and she like pushes him in. She's like, you need to take a bath. And she throws him into the water. <laughs> And he's, like, shaking and doing all this stuff. And I'm like, how is he even able to do all of that if he can't, like, move his body? (laughs) It was so hilarious. But it is basically, like, this is what happens when a woman has been scorned. That could be the name of the movie. I don't know. But um, the levels to, like where anger can take you when you yeah. when it all clicks in and the grief is just overwhelming mm-hmm. and i think for um the husband this is what happened to his with his mother-in-law where she's just kind of like you know blaming it on things like you know you don't have the money to take care of yourself like and she's trying to show him but not show him like this is the amount of money that you have and she puts the calculator in his face but it's too close for him to read Mm -hmm. and you know it's kind of in that moment you realize like this woman could care less about your well-being and she's Mm -hmm. about to fuck you up she's giving your money away to this this religious cult and she's letting your friends come over and see you in the worst possible condition where you're you you you're you you're peeing so much you start to smell like urine yep. cuz your your catheter bag is like overflowing and it's just a it's just a bad sight. Nobody has washed you. Oh, it's just horrible. She's like changing his his clothes in front of the friends and yep. just like he doesn't even need to be changed. 
and she's like whipping out his penis and she's just like doing all of these inappropriate things yeah just to kind of show to the and because the mistress was there mm-hmm. to show her like this is what you want you can have it you can have this limp dick <laughs> like okay you can, you can have this like you want this paralyzed man mm-hmm. want to take care of this crap okay all yours smelling like pee and poop sure and in the beginning he, i think she also didn't know that you know there was some cheating going on mm-hmm. but then he oh he was so desperate one night and the only number that he can remember is the number of the mistress so, oh yeah. So he tried his very best to move like one of his like arms or legs. <laughs> it's his arm. And like dial the fucking number and then it rings but he couldn't talk. What did he use to get the phone? Was it like a back scratcher yes. or something? And then so the the phone rings and the lady on the other side was like, "Hey, Hello. is it is it you?" Is it you? And then morning came, and, like, the mother-in-law was like, why are things moved? And then he runs to the phone and sees the phone number, like, three dials, and it's the lady's, and the lady answers, and she was just, like, livid. She was like, you can't have a fucking phone in this room anymore. (laughs) Removes the phone, and he was just like, and I'm just like, you got one chance, bro. You fucked it up. You fucked it. You could have called anybody. Did the Morse code on the phone. Instead, you call your fucking mistress. Why? Stupid ass. Stupid. That's why he end up where he ends up. Um, (sighs) Yeah, that that part was... There... His character... None of these characters, nobody in this book, was somebody that you wanted to root for. And yeah. especially him, you know, it goes back to the to the selfish factor of of everything, um, of like Just, why you would not want him to. It was borderline for me. Of I wanted him to get away because no one should be yeah held like that. Uh, but also, you know, you you kind of got yours, dude. Like this is what this is what happens. You're a trash of a human being. Mm-hmm. You know, you cheated on your wife and karma is real. Like, it came back for you. Ethically, like, you cannot, you can never say, like, you know, oh, I, you know, I wish you, I wish you harm. Because you can never do that. You, you know, as, as a human being, I think, I still think that we're innately good. So I, you know, you can be just be like, oh yeah, rot, rot in hell, human. So I was kind of like in the beginning still wanting him to be like, oh my God, you need to break free from this lady because this lady is crazy. Mm-hmm. But then when the story unfolds, you're like, no, this lady might be crazy, but she is acting out of grief within reason. She's <laughs> acting out of grief within reason. It makes total sense. Because that's your, that's your only daughter. But I don't know, did she... So now we're coming to the end, okay? She's just digging up all the stuff that her daughter did, like the garden. She's just digging holes. And then everybody in the neighborhood, all the people that come to visit, the church people, is like, oh, maybe she's doing like a koi pond. And I'm like, koi pond? For what? Like, just digging up holes. And I'm just like, I had a feeling of what she wanted to do. What did you think it was? For to bury to bury his ass. But why why so many holes though? 
Was she gonna cut the man up and put him in different holes? Oh, I didn't go there. I was just like, this is so stupid. So I'm like, I know you paralyzed, but I know you're trying to move some of your body parts. So maybe when you move and you go to this part of the garden, you'll fall into one of the holes eventually. <laughs> As if it was like a massive booby trap. <laughs> yep. Oh, man. So whenever you, whenever you get into one of the holes, you're just going to stay there. <laughs> but yeah, he had an opportunity to get away. Like, he mustered up all his energy and strength to, to get like, out of that to house. get a, to get out of his room to get out of to get out of his house and yet when he, he came out that's when his mother-in-law came in by the garden mm-hmm. and found him trying to escape and then he fell into a hole then he fell into a hole and at the end of the story while he's you know Prior to him escaping the house, we soon re- we soon learn of like how he ended up becoming paralyzed to begin with, and he and his wife were on their way to this hotel, which ends up actually being the same place where mm-hmm. he and his mistress used to meet up at. Yep. And um, his wife, knowing this information, I guess she could no longer hold it in, and she she just spilled it, and she goes into like a fit of rage, and she's trying to like move the steering wheel and he's trying to drive him and stuff and they end up running into a truck and so essentially she kills herself out of you know being upset about this she unintentionally kills herself and and paralyzes her husband um so when they are when he is trying to escape you know you're just like really hoping that he can get somebody to see him Mm -hmm. so that he can get out of this craziness but then part of me felt like even if somebody found him right even if someone found paralyzed crawling ass and then she comes out they would be like ma'am did you lose this person and then just give it back to him it's just like like, no so it's kind of like you know it's it's pulling you in and like rooting for him to get out but also it's like you know wanting some sort of justice for the wife for the mother-in-law and just to you know for like the balance to be restored again Mm -hmm. but i don't know how i feel about the mother-in-law still trying to you know intentionally harm him harm him yeah because he got to a place where his his body was weak he thought he was able to like move his legs Mm -hmm. and arms and you know like he thought he was gaining more movement in his body um but somehow the physical therapist ended up coming back to the house and you know he was trying to communicate like hey look what i can do and she's just you know looking at him i mean he's looking at him and he's like dude like you're not moving oh People think they can still move their body parts or regain strength, but actually it's just like phantom pain or phantom movement Mm -hmm. um, from, you know, your limbs being unable to move. This is what you think that you can do. Yeah, and I think he would have gotten more strength if he would go in, because he was going back to the hospital for checkups. Mm -hmm. But even then, the mother-in-law stopped it. So to him, going back to the hospital is kind of his safe haven because yeah. he's like, you know, I'm getting checked out. People are seeing me. Like, if my condition is deteriorating, like, they're going to do something about it. But even that, the mother-in-law cut off. Mm-hmm. He, she cut off, like, the physical therapy, literally everything that could make him better. So essentially, 
he's she is slowly killing him without really killing him which is i think is more painful and like more excruciating for the person on the other end because i'm just like you know what just fucking kill just just do it yeah instead of me suffering this long like unending pain almost and i feel like she'd done it because in my mind that's what her daughter went through being with this man Mm -hmm. so and this man was not able to see any of it so that's what i'm gonna do to you i'm gonna pretend that i don't know shit that i don't know that this is happening to you i'm gonna leave your ass in this room the whole day you you smelling like pee you having bed sores everywhere you looking emaciated (laughs) i don't care because this is what you did to my daughter like emotionally mentally um maybe not physically but you've basically took out the life out of her mm-hmm. without even killing her. So this is what I'm doing to you. You know, what I, I like about this book was the writer's ability to show the importance of needing other people. Oh, yeah. Because he, there was a point where he got home, he didn't want the mother-in-law to be there. He wanted to be left alone. Mm-hmm. And then the moment when she does leave him alone, because she leaves him alone, she turns out all the light. She's like, you want to be alone? And, you know, like, you want to be like this? And then she shuts everything off. She doesn't leave him anything to eat. He's by himself. And I'm thinking, how in the world did he think that he was going to be able to take care of himself if he was left alone and unable to move? Mm-hmm. And it shows you, like, you need people, and you cannot fuck over those people that you need and think that they're going to be there, i.e. his wife. You yeah. know, like, you can't think that you having this affair, and then, you know, I guess, what, did he later call it off? I think he told her, like, we can't do this anymore or whatever. Yeah. Um, that you think that if your wife finds out that she's going to stay yeah, because like, you chose to stay. Like, people could just bounce back yeah. just like that and forget about it. Mm-hmm. That's not how the mind works, unfortunately, and... Sometimes we have to own up to our own mistakes mm-hmm. and like really repent for it for other people to see that we're sincere about it. You just can't be like, okay, I'm back. You ready? I'm I ready. Give you. Let's yeah. do this. Yeah. No. no. That's not how it works. You've already caused so much damage and before you realize what what you've done to that person. It's irreparable. You can't. Yeah. You, and then it's too late then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... What would you say would be, like, the thing that stuck out the most for you in this novel that you chose? Like, to me, probably... It's the subtlety in her writing to express what she wants to mm-hmm. tell you. Because mm-hmm. um, I cannot point, like, you know, there are different, like, scenes in here. Like this is not a thick book like probably if I was not doing anything it's 198 pages mm-hmm. I would have probably read this like maybe like in a day if if I had the luxury of time <laughs> and if the world was perfect <laughs> if it's not 2020 <laughs> so <laughs> um, it's her way of you know revealing and expressing things to you that if you like it's almost like if you're watching a movie you blink mm-hmm. you'll miss it mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. you have to pay attention cause she's like I'm laying you the story it's not complicated no nope it's about real life yep real people real mm-hmm. feelings 
but you gotta pay attention so that's that's what really made this book for me yeah because anybody could have written this book it could be a different story you know but still follow the same plot line but I think it's how she she done it. Yeah, for me it definitely was the character development. Yeah, so and much of it. So I mean, much. just a physical therapist alone. <laughs> Girl, because when crazy. you when you're first introduced to him and he's talking, you don't realize like this man has not stopped talking. Yeah, until you're kind of like frustrated, like because you want, um, um. You want the main character to be able to get, to, you know, the message across like, hey, this situation is not like, good. I up. need help. And he's trying to, you know, interpret what the person is saying. But he thinks that, oh, it's about him. Oh, yeah, I need to I need to come out more. I need to do these things more. You know, this is how I operate as a physical therapist. And he's going on and on and on and on. And you realize like, oh, goodness, the simple way of how she just simply wrote his dialogue you had a quick understanding of this man won't shut up Mm -hmm. at all i got to a place where i she had like paragraphs long paragraphs of him just talking and i just skipped over it because i realized i was like what he's saying is not important how he's saying it is important for us to understand like he is not making any room for him to hear what this person is and for the main character to realize like this is what I have been doing to my life this is what I have been mm-hmm. doing throughout my life this is what I am continuing to do it in this current paralyzed state mm-hmm. of it being about me and not Always. how I have affected everybody else because even though he's paralyzed his misdoing his mistake affected his mother-in-law she doesn't have her daughter anymore. Oh yeah. And now it is in turn affecting him because now he has to deal with the wrath of the mother-in-law. This woman should have gotten some kind of award. She did. I mean, she did, but not like you know, like the National Book Award. It was so good. Yeah. The thing is like, you know, if it's from another country, it's kind of like, you know, music. It's hard to come across, you know, be given an award especially if you're on the other side of the world so that's why i search for books that are probably nobody has heard of and because just giving them a space i mean we're a tiny group of people Mm -hmm. but still you know just having maybe there would be a ripple effect at some at some point in time maybe somebody would hear this podcast and be like oh let me check out that book and somebody that that somebody might be a professor mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know cause this is this is something this is something else yeah yeah so what would you rate this novel it's an easy it's an easy five it's from, a five for you five yeah. five fangs yeah it's an easy five cause it's you know it's been a long time since we've gotten a five from you <laughs> I think the last five was little Liz- fires little fires everywhere yeah, I think so. Woo! And this is book number number six. Six. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I, I think I gave um, Kelly Yang's book a five. Yeah, but I mean, in terms of our monthly, the adult books. Oh, yeah. Y'all don't know about Kelly Yang yet, but in regards to... Shout out to Kelly Yang. 
her book, her book comes, her book came out. Three keys. Buy it. Read it. Give it to your kids. Yeah, it's really, it's really good. But yeah, it's been a minute since you have given a high, high marking. Yeah, I, I had high hopes for this book. I've, you know, we usually try to read ahead before we release a book. We learned that the hard way <laughs> last month. Um, but with this one, I read it with you guys, and it's, I, I feel very satisfied, and I was like. Thank God I picked a good book. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see. I would give this book... I would probably give this book a a 4.7 fangs. Only Mm -hmm. because the ending... You know, he falls into the hole. Falls into the ditch. But, uh, you know, obviously all of these things are metaphors. And it's really hard to translate your metaphors you know from your home language into another language mm-hmm. and her translator has done just a wonderful job but I think this it left a little bit of wanting for me to understand truly like you know what was the point of her digging those holes mm-hmm. like why was she digging holes everywhere was she just trying to uproot the house and this was just the way that she was working out her grief you know I have so many questions mm-hmm. um it kind of I was waiting for like a resolution and it just felt like maybe there is none it it, it, obviously there was not none because that's why I gave it the score that I gave it yeah because I thought like maybe there is none because maybe sometimes you know it's just like real life you can't undo the stuff that you've done so that's it Mm. so um yeah sometimes there's no resolutions in life there's no it just is what it is. Exactly. And that's to me was like, that was just like a punch because I'm like, well, that's real life for you. And, you know, even I understand the, you know, the difficulty with the translating part. Because even in like one part here, like you would, like she mentioned that the mother-in-law is like half Japanese and half Korean. Mm-hmm. And knowing history, Japan and Korea was never really friendly with, with each other from early on because of World War Two. Japan had done like you know multiple stuff that part of Southeast Asia didn't really like them for a very long time Mm -hmm. and Korea was you know part of that brunt so even that dynamic I don't completely understand but I've I've read it through history and just you know through school but there's subtle stuff there that you know probably I've even missed and probably I wouldn't ever understand unless I talk to somebody that's Korean or Japanese Mm mm-hmm so you know those little metaphors and like what the hole means and like all these like maybe her digging up a hole is like these are all your sins and now you now your sins are swallowing you up mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. like that but it's up to interpretation for people and I think that's what makes a good book for discussion because then everybody has their own take on it so yeah this was definitely a really good book. Definitely um, a a better read than what we had to read last month. Mm. Um, this definitely had character development that we needed. Yeah, it was so much a, be- so. a bounce back from the last book. Because um, I feel like you know palate cleanser. Yeah, I now I'm excited to talk 
to our people about this. Mm-hmm. You know, our I really of- want to know what they have to say. Yeah. And if you out there have read this story or, you know, are interested in this story, um, hit us up, let us know. Um, and if you know anything more in regards to this story, I'm interested because it was really hard to find any information uh, other than, you know, like, good re- reviews. I know, like, authors from, like, different countries, so hard to find information on them. Mm. But I think they need more exposure to, you know, just American, you know, media or or social platforms. Um yeah, but you and know. I would think that she would have gotten more because a lot of the things that she writes ends up in the the New York Times. Yeah, it says here, New York Times, Harper Magazine, Words Without Borders, and she actually won the Shirley Jackson Award mm-hmm. in twenty seventeen. I guess that's like the you know award that you give like mystery. It's scary stories. It's scary. like the highest, um, the highest award that you can get for writing fiction like that. Um, but I, the only reviews were the interviews that I found of hers was like in French and that was it. Otherwise it was other people who read that book. Mm-hmm. I didn't take the time out to watch their videos cause I wanted to hear her, her talk about it. But unfortunately there's not anything, um, English in mm-hmm. English. Yeah, that maybe it, it'll get more press cause the translated version just came out this year. Mm-hmm. So hopefully somebody more influential than us <laughs> would pick it up and yeah. then we'll, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get her, we'll see her in an interview of some sort. But it definitely goes up in, um, in our tops. Yeah. Out of the six, she's, she's right there. Um, in one of our, in one of our faves. So uh, we really, you know, again, recommend reading this novel. Um, and um, I just want to send a special shout out to all of the listeners that we've acquired. Oh, yeah, that's right. Like, we got people in Finland. From Ireland. Germany. It's It's been a... It's, we've gone international. Like, we were already international when we hit the Philippines, <laughs> honey. But we have Shout out to out the motherland. To the old country. To, to well, I think the the UK. We got listeners in the UK. We got listeners everywhere from Canada, from United India. Kingdom, Japan, Austria, Norway. Yeah, India, Finland. Yeah, yeah. So if you're if you are in any of these countries, like we want to hear from you. You can send us an email, vulgar genius book club at gmail.com oh we also have a website so check our website out at www.vulgargeniuses.com i'm so excited about it sign up for a newsletter yes that you probably won't ever get we just want your contact information (laughs) no we'll Um, we'll make up something we'll have something but uh we just want to say hi to everyone um that has listened to us been with us just joining us yeah well we're we're here to stay there's so many books in the world (laughs) so we're gonna do this for your support until until all the books burn down yes and also um we have some wonderful news uh denny and i have decided that we were going to uh give back to the community that has served us and so we launched 
um, a reading initiative called Unleash the Genius. Such a good name. She thought of that name. I love it. Every time I say it, it makes my heart skip a beat. It's UTG. <laughs> so, it sounds like a rap group. <laughs> So, Unleash the Genius is dedicated to getting uh, children to cultivate a love of reading. And we launched a campaign on Monday, this past Monday. Um, And we're recording this. Today is what? What's today's date? I don't even know. Sunday, September 20th. September 20th. So, the Monday prior to that, we launched our campaign Mm-hmm. And today we we met we, our goal. We hit our goal, bow, 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 and bow, we bow. exceeded it. But we are still taking donations. Okay, so <laughs> if you want to help the cause, we're we're working with a, a wonderful teacher this year at Eccleston Elementary. Her name is Brianna Jones, and um, we're going to be doing mini book club with her classroom, yeah, um, digital style. Because unfortunately, we can't do it in person because of covid the um, pandemic yeah but so we're giving away a book um mm-hmm. it's called ghost by jason reynolds yes um with a book we have a bookmark a pencil a reading journal um and also we're giving a copy to miss jones um that so she can um you know discuss the book with her class and maybe a couple of books for her library at school so we have a lot of little goodies for them but it helps us um the donation has helped us greatly, and we're so excited. So we also have a page on our website for more information on that. And uh, that's that's it. So we just want to say thank you if you are one of the listeners that donated. We greatly appreciate yes, it. Yes, thank you so very much because we, we, you know, we, we do this. We do this to help the community, and we just want to give back to the people that you know, to the children, most especially, because I believe children are future. <laughs> I was waiting for that moment. <laughs> she actually did it. <laughs> but it's the truth, and, you know, if we don't leave or par- at least participate in their upbringing, we're doing a huge injustice to them and ourselves. So, you know, this little bit of doing a book club with a fifth grade class might seem small but it is very impactful when you just are there you show up for children and let them know that they're seen that they're heard and you want to give back to them um so we appreciate what you all have done and thank you so very much to do that so on that note i think it's time to bid adieu yes goodbye y'all goodbye Good, good night, night, good morning, good, good morning, good afternoon. Shush. Thank you for listening to another <laughs> Forks and Fangs podcast. Bye. See you next time. Deuces. We hope you enjoyed our show. Follow us on Instagram at Vulgar Geniuses Book Club. Our theme song was produced by Sean Kantrowitz. Follow him on Instagram and Twitter at Sean Dammit. That's spelled S-E-A-N-D-A-M-M-I-T. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe to our podcast on Anchor, 
Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. See you next time. Deuces.